Welcome aboard for a very special edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. Not only is this our first show of calendar year 2021, and we hope everybody had a great and happy and blessed new year, this is also our first show of the NFL playoffs as we get ready for the first round games and Special treat this year with the NFL adding a playoff team in each conference, seven playoff teams on each side of the ledger. That means not only are the Chicago Bears in as the final playoff team in the NFC, but on opening playoff weekend, we get not four games, but six games. So it's a full slate of football on both Saturday and Sunday this year in the first round of the playoffs. Three games each day. Three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. And we've got you covered with all the betting angles here on State Lines. Joined, as always, by my co-host, John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. And, John, at the start of each show, we like to recap a little bit, of course, what we did the previous week. So why don't you fill the listeners in not only on that, but how you did during the regular season with your best bets and your picks as we get set to start a new slate in the playoffs. Yeah, and I could really use a new slate because, as I mentioned for many weeks before, I was trying to get back to 500 before the playoffs started. I always treat the NFL playoffs as a pretty uh, big opportunity to start fresh. There's a lot more information on these games because there's a lot less games. So I really wanted to come in at even money uh, to have some uh, ability to end my entire NFL season on the positive end. That did not happen. I'm going to have to do a little bit of work in the playoffs, as usual, uh, to get to the winning end of things as I end the final regular season week uh, with a record of one and three and an overall record of 18 and 21 picking regular season games uh, this year. Let's start with what I won. I was on the Pittsburgh Steelers plus seven. I thought that was just too much points, too many points for the Steelers to get, uh, even though they weren't playing Ben Roethlisberger and the Browns almost blew it and blew their playoff chances, but they won by two easy cover for the Steelers. Uh, And that's it. That's all I won last week. The other two did not go my way. I came pretty close on the Seahawks. I came pretty close on the Seahawks minus five and a half. They won 26-23 only by three. Didn't cover against the 49ers. And then I had the Miami Dolphins plus three and I needed them to be plus 30 to beat the Buffalo Bills. They lost by 30 points. That game was never even close. I don't know what I was thinking on that one. The Dolphins did not make the playoffs because of it and I end my year under 500 because of it as well but oh well we've got a lot more games to pick today so I'm looking forward to getting a positive playoff record and evening out for my entire 2020-2021 NFL season. A new year, and hopefully for both me and you, John, some winners coming up here in the new year in the month of January and into the Super Bowl in early February because I, Jason Gotch, also need some bounce back. 0-3 last week. I was on the other side of John with that Browns game having the Browns minus 9 or 10, wherever you found them. Unfortunately, Cleveland did try and give the game away to Pittsburgh, but for Browns fans, they did survive, as John said, and squeak by in that game against the Steelers team that was playing for nothing and playing backups like Mason Rudolph at quarterback. So the Browns in the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. We'll talk about their game coming up a little bit later on as they rematch in Pittsburgh. Uh, This coming Sunday night without their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, who's out because of the coronavirus. He's tested positive for COVID-19. 
2018. So the Browns in the playoffs for the first time in 18 years, they will not have their coach, however. Also, I made a big mistake. Look, you look at the NFC East, it's terrible. I put a couple of my best bets in the NFC East. What was I thinking? Uh, Taking the Cowboys as a small favorite on the road. The Giants tried to give that game away with a late fumble at the end when they looked like they were going to go in a victory formation. But of course, the Cowboys could not recover that fumble and punch it in. Giants kept the ball and they ran out the clock and won their finale at home against Dallas. So that was a loser. Also had the Eagles. You know what? I I lost that game, but I got to put a little blame game there on Doug Peterson to start that fourth quarter. Going with Nate Sudfeld at quarterback, guy had been in the league a few years out of Indiana and played it all instead of Jalen Hurts. I didn't get that move one bit, except that the Eagles were tanking and trying to move up in the draft. I know Peterson said after the game that Sudfeld had worked hard over the years, wanted to get a look at him. Give me a break. The future there is Jalen Hurts or maybe even Carson Wentz if you want to go back to him. What are you looking at Nate Sudfeld for? He's just a guy to fill out your roster to take some snaps uh, with the second team or with the practice squad. So, unfortunately, Peterson pulled Hurts, and that was pretty much the end as the Washington football team uh, covered that spread, made the playoffs on the road. So, 0-3 with the best bets. Did go 2-0 with the the pick of the Packers. They were 35-16 winners over the Bears. Easy cover, 4-5 points where you got uh, that game, and also the over in that contest as well. So, hit it good with the Bears and Packers side in total, but unfortunately, the best bets are not so good. So, looking for better here to start the first round of the playoffs wild card weekend here in the calendar year 2021 for the 2020 season. Again, this is State Lines. She's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. The best pro football gambling information you get it right here in the entire state of Illinois on our program. And John, before we get to the games and look ahead to the Bears and their playoff matchup with the New Orleans Saints, we're going to do that later on in the show, break that game down in depth. I want to go back to the Bears' loss at home again to the Packers. They did not play well in the second half of that game, outscored by Green Bay. 14 nothing in the fourth quarter as the Packers cruise to the win. The Bears lose to fall to 8-8 eight eight on the year, but they got that help they needed from the Rams, who knocked off the Cardinals and knocked them out of the playoffs. So the Bears back into the playoffs. Uh, give me your thoughts on the Packers game and also uh, this Bears team. Matt Nagy thrilled that they're in the playoffs. Uh, they really worked hard all year. I guess if you're the coach, you got to be thrilled during the playoffs and maybe don't question your team's work ethic, but maybe question their results. I mean, 8-8, eight and eight, back in, and not exactly how you want to go to the postseason, but I guess Bears fans will take it. Yeah, definitely a, a true back in to the playoffs as as there could ever be. It, it's truly a, a remarkable way to make it into the postseason. I mean, completely collapsing from five and one, and then losing to your arch rival on your home field, uh, which the uh, the Packers seem to do a lot of under Aaron Rodgers uh, and the previous regime, and now including the regime led by Matt Lafleur. It's not necessarily surprising to see that result, but it hurts just as much every time. And you know, the game between the Bears and the Packers. It came down to this for me. It was very simple. I was texting this out to some of my Bear fan friends on Sunday, and and it was all about just perspective. If the Bears would have beat the Packers on Sunday, that would have convinced me that somehow, some way, they were able to play good enough to to possibly win a game or two in the playoffs and make this playoff run worthwhile. If they lost and had Arizona lose, which is what happened, and they make the playoffs. 
The way that they looked against superior competition, which is the Green Bay Packers, they're one of the best teams in the NFC and the league. The way that the Bears looked against a playoff team, a true blue playoff team in the Packers, does not give me any hope that the Bears could actually sustain a deep playoff run here. The the team is just not complete. And then when you add on top of the injuries that happened in that game with Roquan Smith, uh, Darnell Mooney, who was having a great game before he got injured, there's just not enough for me to think that this is going to be a playoff run for the ages. And at that point, it feels kind of like a waste of time. That being said, if you go back and listen to the episodes that we filmed uh, in November, I was on record saying it was kind of a bargaining exercise where I would say I was hoping that the Bears would make the playoffs. I'll always take more Bears football than less. But in the grand scheme of things, this specific instance of making the playoffs on an extended run uh, because of this extra wild card does not make me feel that much better about the long-term future of the Bears. It doesn't make me feel like they're closer to a Super Bowl. doesn't make me feel like they're about to turn the direction of the franchise around and start winning all these championships in a row. It just feels like they were in the right place at the right time and they were rewarded for beating some bad teams at the beginning of the year and somehow, some way, couldn't give it away even though they tried here at the end of the year. So all in all, if I'm grading the 2020 Bears, you know, I, I think I have to give them you know, the, the most solid C grade that I possibly can. It is just a brutally average season, which had some bright spots, had some really low spots, but in no way do I consider this a success or something to hang your hat on that they made the playoffs. It just feels like a technicality because of the other things that happened in the NFC and because of the extra wild card spot. I'm still going to be rooting for the Bears on Sunday, don't get me wrong, but really that was the cherry on top, losing to Aaron Rodgers yet again, playing competitive football for three quarters, but just letting the fourth quarter get away from you. It's tough to be a Bears fan under those conditions. Maybe they'll find a way to beat the Saints. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But for right now, I'm just looking back on a wild year uh, that ultimately come out comes out to be one of the most average Bears teams that I can remember. Yes, yeah, certainly the Bears picked the right year to be very mediocre and make the playoffs, John, with this expanded playoff format, getting in, as you said, as the, the seventh and final team in the NFC. And it doesn't feel like They really earned their way there, despite what Matt Nagy, their head coach, says. But I I guess if you're a Bears fan, like you said, to build on that, hey, you're going to be rooting for them in the playoffs. You're going to watch this game against the Saints on Sunday, as many Bears fans are, and you're going to hope for a miracle. The problem I have is that I don't believe that Matt Nagy's a good enough head coach when we look at that game more going forward strategically to compete with Sean Payton. For example, when I watch the Bears offense, the best thing, in my opinion, you can do for if you're Matt Nagy is devise a game plan where Mitchell Trubisky does a lot of things with his legs, and that opens up his ability to throw the football. And the same thing, run David Montgomery, pound him against that defense, get creative. I don't see that with Matt Nagy. I see the traditional drop back. Mitchell Trubisky doesn't see somebody on the field who's wide open or he throws the ball in the three or four defenders and throws a bad interception or a bad incomplete pass like I said on a play with somebody wide open so I think that's the issue here too as you look at this coaching staff and are they good enough to get the most out of these players especially in a spot where you're going to need to do that in New Orleans and don't forget last year uh, the Saints got caught sleeping in the first round of the playoffs when Kirk Cousins and the Vikings came into the Superdome and they eliminated New Orleans so uh, the Saints are going to get caught sleeping again I I don't think they're going to sleep on the Bears after what happened last year. Sean Payton's probably been reminding them of that 
uh, loss for the last uh, 17 or 18 weeks since they started the regular season. Uh, that's the bad news for the Bears. The bad news is they're just not all that good. We don't know about the, the, the health of Roquan Smith. Middle of the week, he's... His status is still up in the air with that elbow injury. He's the Bears' leading tackler. So not a whole lot going the Bears' way heading into this game. And based on the regular season, when you look at who the Bears beat, again, against the Packers, that was a good test game for them. And it, they, they came up short by 19 points, getting blown out in the fourth quarter. Uh, the previous three games... They'd beaten the Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Minnesota Vikings. The only team of that group that was at least mediocre this year were the Vikings. The Texans were bad, and the Jaguars have the number one overall pick in the draft. So the Bears beat some really bad competition to get back into the playoff chase and ultimately get a playoff spot. But when you look at who they beat, you got to beat your schedule. I know that, but it doesn't give you a whole lot of encouragement that, yeah, this team is peaking against very good teams. It's this team beat teams they should have, and in a mediocre year where they get some help from the Rams, that's why they're in the playoffs. But as Herman Edwards always says, you got to play the games, and that's why they play the games, and we'll see what happens with the Bears and the Saints. And again, in-depth on that game here on State Lines a little bit later on in the program. Good news for all our listeners. We're going to go through every playoff game this opening wild card weekend, three of them on Saturday, three of them on Sunday. We'll start by doing that in the first game that we're going to do right after a quick timeout. The Indianapolis Colts and the Buffalo Bills. This is actually a good matchup for the first game of the day on Saturday. Talk about that and the rest of the games as the show progresses right here on State Lines. Board on our first show here on State Lines for calendar year 2021. Again, hope everybody had a great new year. And for football fans who love professional football, the National Football League, uh, this is a fun weekend for you. The NFL gives you an extra playoff game each day with the added wild card team in each conference. So unlike the old way where you got two playoff games in the first round on Saturday and two more on Sunday, this year three Saturday playoff games and three Sunday playoff games. And we'll start it off in the opener of the day. This one's set to kick off early afternoon when you look at the uh, the slate right now. The Indianapolis Colts and the Buffalo Bills, John. Uh, the Bills are a seven-point favorite in this game. The total's 51.5. Buffalo right now is a very hot team as far as people picking them as a sleeper to go to the Super Bowl. If the Chiefs are not going to get there, they'll try and repeat as champions. If they get knocked off, a lot of people like him with Josh Allen did this year at quarterback. When you think about him being an MVP candidate, uh, the Bills have weapons at wide receiver. Stephon Diggs is a very good wide receiver. Bears fans know that from his days with the Minnesota Vikings. And then you go ahead and you look at the defense for the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott, their head coach, is a defensive guy. they got a good defense. So this Buffalo team is complete. The Colts under Frank Reich, they have a good defense. Phillip Rivers may be showing his age a bit at quarterback, but the Colts still a double-digit win team this year. They won 11 games during the regular season. So these are two real good teams matching up in the first playoff game of the day on Saturday. Yeah, they sure are. And you mentioned the Bills being a sleeper Super Bowl pick, and I don't know who's considering them a sleeper anymore if you've been paying attention to their last eight games. I mean, they've absolutely been on fire. I picked against them last week because I thought that they were going to get complacent. They were going to be happy to be in the playoffs. They, you know, they finally got a division championship. A team that's not the New England Patriots is coming out of the AFC East. It was time to celebrate. And then 
They just went on a roll and absolutely crushed the hopes of the Dolphins fans everywhere, scored over 50 points, and just put the kibosh on the Dolphins season. And that, to me, really resonates to the fact that this team thinks that they can win. They have bought all in on Josh Allen. They think he is the MVP. They think he is their franchise quarterback. And he's playing like one, too, specifically with his wide receivers like Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. And that defense that you mentioned is just a really good operating team right now. They just seem to be on top of their game on both sides of the ball. Good coaching, good everything. And then the Colts have had a pretty quiet but successful 11-win season as well. I mean, we saw them play the Bears a, a couple months ago at Soldier Field. It was kind of a up-and-down game. Phillip Rivers didn't look necessarily that great, but he's found a way to get himself back into the postseason. And good for them. They have had a, a very successful year as well, coming back after the surprise announcement of Andrew Luck's retirement last year. So two really good teams. I, I do agree with you this is a great game to start off the postseason slate but there's no way in my mind that I see the Bills losing this game maybe you want to look at the money line because of that but more so I think I want to look at the over in this game it's held fast at about 52 points and what I've watched uh, especially in Colts games recently is that they like to score a lot of points very fast they get off to hot starts Uh, last week they put up 10 points in the first quarter stretch that to a 20 point lead and then they start to fade in the end and that's where I think the Bills take control of their games is in the second half. They really just put the pedal to the metal and put bad or lesser competition teams away. That's how they've gotten to this point. So that smells to me like an overhit at 52. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored because I think you got two really good offenses and good defenses, but usually offense prevails in these types of situations. So give me the over 52. I also think that the Bills are going to win this game outright. The spread's a little tricky at seven. You never know what's going to happen late in a playoff game. Obviously, there's always incentive to play your hardest and play to the last minute so there may be some garbage time points at the end that could cover uh, with a number like that but I feel good about the over and I feel good about the Bills winning outright to open the playoff season there you go John Spataro with his thoughts on the Colts and Bills game again that game kicks off 1205 central time in Buffalo as the Bills 13 and 3 and the Colts at 11 and 5 I'm with John on this one that I think the Bills are going to win the game they're on their own field they've had a great season uh, Philip Rivers again scares me a little bit of quarterback for the Colts but I think the Colts are a pretty good team as I mentioned too and and I look at this one and I see the number and I say this is a classic case for me Jason Gotch where I think the The Bills win this game, and I'm pretty confident of that. But I I think the Colts cover. I think this is a field goal game, uh, maybe a a six-point type spread. So I'm going to run here when I look at this. I'm not going to touch the money line. I'm not going to touch the over or under. But I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm going to take them plus the seven and say that this is a close game the entire way. And again, Josh Allen looking for his first playoff victory. He's had a great season so far, but I think the Colts are a little undervalued in this spot. Again, don't think they're going to win the game, but I think their defense is going to keep them in this contest. So I look at this one, and I say take the Colts plus the seven, roll with that team on the road and we'll see if that's going to be a winner coming up in the first game of the day on Saturday. Now, your second game of the day is one between the Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. You go ahead and you look at that contest. That one is scheduled to start at 340 Central Time. Uh, The Rams plus three and a half in this one. The Seahawks have to lay the three and a half at home. Uh, The total in this game is 42. Uh, Jared Goff with that Thumb injury for the Rams uh, late in the season. 
Uh, not Never want to say never, but not sure about his status for this game, though it would seem uh, very doubtful. I would think that he would play. So it could be John Wolford who got the win doing what he was expected to do, play a football game very conservative under center for the Rams in Week 17 against the visiting Cardinals, and it worked out as the, the Cardinals had quarterback issues of their own with Kyler Murray getting hurt in that game. But Sean McVay, the latest on this one as we tape midweek, says he's not going to make an announcement on his starting quarterback this week, so we're going to have to probably wait until close to game time to find out who's starting a quarterback for the Rams, John. The Seahawks have had a great season, no doubt about that, but the Rams... Uh, always seem to play Seattle tough. How do you think this one shakes out with the Rams quarterback uncertainty? Yeah, there's a lot to consider here. And and you mentioned it, it's going to come down to who's playing quarterback for the Rams. It's also going to come down to where these numbers end up. And something interesting in terms of trends to look at is this is going to be the third team, third time that these teams have played because they're in the same division. And if you look at what has happened to the total in each of these three games, it's falling out of the sky. The first time they met, the total was at 55. It went under. The second time they met was 47 and a half, and it went under. Now, like you mentioned, it's close to 42 or 43 points and I think it still might go under it seems like it just can't get low enough for me not to want to bet the under in this game when you hear about John Wolford who all due respect played a pretty fine game on Sunday got his team into the playoffs in a tough spot the Seahawks just have a weird flow to their offense where they can take a lot of time off the clock and not score a lot of points they win games that way but they don't necessarily run up the score with these two teams the way that they've played each other the last two times they've met I think that in the playoffs you zero in on your strengths both of the strengths of these teams seem to be keeping the score low specifically on the Rams side of the ball and then when you enter in John Wolford a, a quarterback who's a game manager at his purest form in this situation if Goff comes in maybe I think differently but if Wolford's going to be under center I like the under the most out of this matchup probably the Seahawks win outright as well the the they don't really like to score a lot of points at the end of games either like I mentioned earlier so that one and a half two three four spreads with the Seahawks get really dicey late I mean I like I said I I was on them at five and a half last week against a much worse team in the San Francisco 49ers, and that wasn't enough for them to cover in a game that they controlled pretty much all game long. So I'm not going to touch the sides in this one. I think the under is the best play right now, but please keep an eye on it as we go throughout the week because anything can make that number jump, especially if Jared Goff is going to play. Yeah, certainly something to keep an eye on, as John said, because because I guess there's two ways to look at this. You'd want the experience of Jared Goff in there, and that would probably help on the line with from the Rams side. You might get some more value with the Seahawks. But Jared Goff hasn't been all that good this season. Maybe John Wolford's the better the better choice here for the Rams because he's just going to play a conservative game, not make many mistakes, try and get it done on the ground and with that Rams defense. But I'll go ahead and I'll take the underdog here again. I'm going to take the Rams plus the three and a half. That total I'll stay away from. Uh, also, the Rams on the money line, though I'm tempted to take them, plus 155. But as John was mentioning, the Seattle's very unpredictable at the end of games. Love Russell Wilson as a quarterback. Still, I, I got to go with the Rams here. I think they find a way to keep this one close. And the big thing for me is that hook. That uh, It's not just a field goal spread. Three and a half. I could easily see this one being a field goal game. So I like getting that extra half point, at least right now as we tape this show. So I'm going to say the Rams cover this game. They could, they could easily win this one as well. I'm not as confident with my Colts pick as far as, as I said. I don't think they're going to win the game. I just think they're going to cover against the Bills. 
But I could see the Rams actually winning this game in Seattle. Sean McVay is a very good coach, as is Pete Carroll. So you don't have a, a loss there in the coaching department if you're the Rams, meaning you don't lose anything by going against Pete Carroll because McVay is pretty darn good, too. So I'm going to go ahead and we'll roll with the Rams plus the three and a half. Now, the final game of the day. This one on paper is a mismatch, John. This is kicking off about 7.15 Central Time on Saturday night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a nine-point favorite against the Washington football team in D.C. The total in this game is 44.5. The odds on the money line, Tampa's minus 420. The Washington football team comes up plus 330. So if you think Ron Rivera's crew has got a chance at an upset, uh, you might want to go ahead and throw some money on that money line. 10 bucks will get you 33 back. 100 bucks will get you an additional 330 back. I have a hard time, John, seeing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose this game outright. I'm just not all that impressed with the Washington football team. Seven wins this year playing against the NFC East. They did come on strong towards the end of the season. But I just think Tom Brady and company are the better team. How do you see it? What a weird year it's been for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, right? They've won 11 games, but at some points it felt like that was one of the worst teams in the NFC, and at other points it felt like they were the class of the NFC. So I'm still not convinced that Tom Brady and this team is something to be reckoned with as much as maybe that line would suggest. And I'm also not as low on the Washington football team as that line may suggest as well. They have a really good defense, and you know credit to them, they are in the playoffs because of that defense. So playing a home game, I think I'm going to lean with the defense here I think I'm going to take the Washington football team on the spread and also may consider putting a little bit on that big money line how great of a playoff bankroll booster would that be if you put a hundred bucks on the Washington football team to win a home game and you know continue this strange season that they have as division champions and somehow beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers so I think I'm going to go with the WFT in this one just because of their defense I think if there's anything to shut down uh, Tom Brady Brady in that offense, it would be a really, really good defense. The question is, can they score enough points to stay competitive? I don't know if that's the case, but because they're getting a full touchdown or more in some places, I think that's enough for me to take a flyer, see what happens. It's been such a weird year. It would just be a cherry on top for an NFC East team to make it to the second round of the playoffs, wouldn't it? I think crazier things have happened. Give me Washington on the money line and the points, and we'll see uh, if I'm right and have a nice little present to start my playoff season uh, come next week. Wow, John, some guts right there going with the Washington football team, and that certainly would be a great payout. Got to admire the guts of John Spataro with that pick here on State Lines where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. I, Jason Gotch, I'm going to play this one a little bit safer. I'm actually going to go ahead and tank the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. I, I don't normally like road favorites in the National Football League playoffs or regular season. Nine's a lot of points, but I'm just not all that impressed with Washington, though they do have one thing going in their favor. They have a good defensive line, and if you can get to Tom Brady, you can make life miserable on him. That's the only way you really beat Tom Brady or have beaten him in his two decades in the NFL. Put consistent pressure on him, knock him around a little bit, make life tough in the pocket for him and that Washington defense has a chance to do it but I just don't think they're going to do enough of it so I'm going to go ahead I'm going to take the Buccaneers here minus the nine points stay away from that total of 44 and a half stay away from that money line certainly I would not take the money line uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there's no way that would happen but uh, I'm going to go ahead and lay the nine points. I'll take the Buccaneers minus the nine. When we come back on state lines, we're going to talk more about the games on Sunday, including the Ravens and the Titans, the Browns and the Steelers, the Bears and the Saints, and also an interesting proposition bet 
from one of the sports books ended up in my email this morning about possibly a future Bears quarterback. We'll talk about that right after this. State lines as we roll along with you. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. Looking at now the Sunday slate on Wild Card Weekend of the National Football League. Get to the Bears in a little bit, but before we do, 12:05 Central Time, John. A battle in the AFC between the Ravens and the Titans. The Titans are an underdog on their own field here. They're getting three and a half points. High total in this one. You look at it right now as we tape the show. The total is 55. Titans on the money line will get you 160 back plus 160. The Ravens are minus 185. A lot of respect from the gamblers here for the Baltimore Ravens. A, a small favorite on the road against the Tennessee team that made it to the AFC Championship game last year. Uh, give us your thoughts on the matchup. I think overall this has the makings of being one of the best playoff games of this playoff slate and possibly playoff season. These two teams just seem to be on a crash course to meet uh, both at, at, at pretty good points in their season. The Ravens, a team that I thought was almost dead in terms of playoff hopes uh, just a few weeks ago when they were losing to the Steelers on that weird uh, postponed Thanksgiving game. Um, they've come back with a vengeance and now they really look like they were uh, supposed to look all year long after winning uh, um, you know, just uh, five games in a row scoring uh, 34 points or more in each of their uh, those wins, really looking good on an offense and, and also keeping their opponents out of the end zone as well. Meanwhile, the Titans up and down season of their of their own uh, certainly look good at the beginning of the year with Ryan Tannehill playing much better. He kind of cooled off a little bit, uh, but then we're able to, to really sneak out a, of a win last week uh, on, on a doink field goal. Man, I wish I knew what that field felt like. But overall, uh, it, it's going to be a great game and for this one I think it's just dumb to pass up uh, momentum points here uh, you mentioned that the betters and the books have a ton of respect for the Baltimore Ravens here giving them a you know a, a big line as a favorite on the road uh, coming into a game where uh, they really turned their season around in the last five weeks so give me the Ravens in this one I, I know that that seems like uh, the obvious pick is a big favorite but you know I, I really do believe that they've found something uh, with their offense that's going to allow them to score enough points to keep up with Derrick Henry and uh, you, you can kind of make the Titans one-dimensional if you make uh, Ryan Tannehill have to make a bunch of plays with his arm so I'm going to hope that that's the case and think that the Ravens find a way to pull it out but I really think this has a chance to have a lot of points scored in it a lot of touchdowns a lot of skill players showing out and I think at the end of the day the Ravens are going to find a way to get it done uh, and continue this role that they started uh, over a month ago. Yeah, I look at this game, John, and I have a hard time arguing with you. I think the Ravens are playing some pretty good football right now. Ryan Tannehill's been good overall during his time with the Tennessee Titans, but he does have some brain cramps there still. Derrick Henry is one of the outstanding running backs of his generation. But I look at Lamar Jackson, as much as he concerns me for a deep playoff run, because I'm not so sure that Lamar Jackson's going to be able to make the throws he needs to in a playoff game deep into the playoffs. We saw it last year some of his struggles early in the postseason. 
So despite all that, I think the Ravens' defense and their offense is good enough here to get a win in Tennessee. Again, that hook scares me. Three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Again, I said it last segment when I talked about Tampa Bay that I have a hard time betting road favorites any time in the NFL, let alone during the postseason. But I think the label fits right here. I wish I was getting it at three. Maybe this is one that the gamblers want to shop around for a little bit that are listening to our show here on State Lines that you might want to try and get that at three, see if it falls to two-and-a-half because that could be the difference in this contest. I see it being a close game, but I think the Ravens ultimately win this contest and they cover. So I'll stay away from the 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 over-under. I'm going to stay away from that money line. I don't like the Ravens at minus 185. That's too much to put up, but I will go ahead and lay those three-and-a-half points on the Baltimore Ravens, expecting them to get a win at the Tennessee Titans. Now let's look at this game, John, because there's this, this other game, we get to the Bears next segment, but... The Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is a 7-15 Central Time start coming up on Sunday. The last game of the day. Everybody now, I think, knows the Browns story. They haven't been in the playoffs in 18 years. The last time they made it there was 2002. Butch Davis, the former Miami's Hurricanes coach, he, he was the coach of the Cleveland Browns back then. Tim Couch was the quarterback of that team. So we're going way back in the machine to go see the last time the Browns were in the playoffs a generation ago. And they play a team, the Pittsburgh Steelers that's there almost every season. This game is in Pittsburgh. These are two big-time rivals in the AFC North, though the Steelers have dominated the rivalry over the years. But Cleveland did win, albeit against a lot of Pittsburgh backups, last week in Cleveland to clinch a playoff spot as the Browns finished with an 11-win season this year. A good run for Baker Mayfield and that Browns team. But the Browns have been hit hard by the coronavirus the last couple of weeks, and their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, will not coach this game. He's sidelined for this one after testing positive for the coronavirus. The Browns are getting six. The total's 47. On the money line, Pittsburgh's minus 260. Cleveland returns plus 220. Uh, Give us your analysis of this game with the understanding, John, that as we tape this show, really nobody knows how this is going to transpire over the next couple of days for the Cleveland Browns with that coronavirus outbreak. Right. There's a lot to pay attention to here, but I'm going to pretend as if, you know, everything you just mentioned all works out and this game does get played on Saturday or Sunday, whenever it does uh, end up happening. And you know what? I'm going to look at this from a perspective that I don't invoke often, but in the playoffs, sometimes you got to do this. There is so many reasons for me to think that the Steelers are going to run through the Browns here. I mean, the Browns were 10 point favorites, 11 point favorites last week when the Steelers were benching almost every one of their starters and and Ben Roethlisberger didn't play. The Browns aren't going to have their coach in the room for most of this week or on the field at all when this game gets played. And yet, you know, that 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 screams to me that when the Steelers are at full strength and the Browns don't have their coach, this game's going to be even more lopsided. Steelers are going to win and they're going to cover whatever number you throw at there. However, I think because of the nature of the playoffs and because of the nature of this NFL season, I'm going to have to fade myself on this one. I've talked myself into it so much. It seems so good. I I just have to believe it's too good to be true. So I'm going to take the Browns as an underdog in this one to cover. I don't necessarily think that they're going to win, but I think that just because of the weird nature of this year, the Steelers have had a pretty weird year when it comes to not covering and, and kind of playing down to their competition late in the season this year. The Browns are going to be excited and amped to be in the playoffs for the first time in, oh, 20 years or whatever it's been. So I just have a feeling that although all signs point to Pittsburgh, I think that the Browns are going to find a way to cover in this game. Not win. I think the the Steelers win pretty comfortably. However, 
I think when it comes to the spread, I'm going to take the Browns in this one. They're going to find a way to cover and just continue a weird year of NFL games uh, across the board, but specifically with these two teams. It's just every time something seems like it's going to be one way, a COVID case pops up or a player gets injured or somebody has to be inserted at the last minute. It's just been an abnormal season, so I'm going to expect an abnormal game from these two. Give me the Browns uh, as the underdogs in this one. I, I think it'll probably you know, end up about where it is, four or five points. But again, uh, that could all change with uh, new COVID announcements or cases or anything like that. So pay attention to this one. But as it stands right now, I think that the Browns will cover against the Steelers if the game gets played and the Steelers are around four or five point favorites. All right, John Spataro goes ahead and takes the Cleveland Browns. I'm on the other side of this one, everybody. I'm going to go with the Steelers here, minus the six as it stands right now. I think the Browns are a team that's going to be happy to be there. Look, they've got a lot of potential going forward. Baker Mayfield looks like he could develop into the real deal. But I see Pittsburgh at home in a game last week that they didn't really even all that much trying as far as the roster they put on the field. Yeah, the guys on the field wanted to win, but when you're playing Mason Rudolph instead of Ben Roethlisberger, you're playing other reserves and you nearly win in Cleveland. I don't like the chances of the Browns winning this contest. I think Pittsburgh's just too good of a football team. So I'm going to take the Steelers, who I know stumbled down the stretch, but I think they get it done over the Browns here. I think they I take a minus the six. And Mike Pryfer, that's a very familiar name to Bears fans who follow it closely. He was the longtime special teams coach of the Vikings. Now he's the special teams coach of the Browns, and he's going to be serving as the acting coach for Cleveland in place of Stefanski. So you got your head coach not going to be there. You got an acting coach in place. You're on the road against a rival, and you haven't been in the playoffs in 18 years. I just can't take the Browns there. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers minus the six points. When we come back here on State Lines as our program continues, he's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. We'll give you all our thoughts on the Bears and the Saints. Plus, we are going to talk about an interesting prop bet that arrived in my email this morning about a certain quarterback who some speculate could be with the Bears in his next stop if he indeed leaves his longtime team. Also, we'll take a look at some of our previous picks on the program as well. All that and more right after this. State Lines, we get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He is John Spataro. I am Jason Gotch. We're going to get to the Bears and the Saints playoff game down in New Orleans. First round of the postseason coming up on Sunday afternoon. But before we do that, John, I want to get a thought here. As I know, the Bears are in the playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, but he's not under contract for next season. And there's a lot of speculation. Will the Bears bring Trubisky back at a reduced rate? Will they move on from him? Will Matt Nagy be back as the head coach? I think Nagy does come back. Trubisky, I think it's a little more questionable. But I got this interesting uh, email, gambling email, in my email this morning. And it said this. The odds for Matthew Stafford to play... Game one of the 2021 regular season with what team? And Stafford, by the way, is a big contract. He signed through 2023. He's been a member of the Lions since being the first overall pick in the 2009 draft. 
But it's been an up-and-down ride in Detroit for Matthew Stafford. They have not put a lot of talent around him on either side of the ball. They have a lot of coaching changes, a lot of general manager changes. They made the playoffs a few times, but they've yet to win a playoff game in Matthew Stafford's tenure, and he's been there now well over a decade. So who knows what the new brain trust, whoever it is in Detroit, decides to do at the quarterback position. But again, Stafford under contract with the Lions. So here is the proposition bet. Where will Matthew Stafford play game one of the regular season in 2021? Will it be with the Detroit Lions? They're minus 215. The Indianapolis Colts are plus 350. Again, Phillip Rivers only on a one-year deal there, and he's up there in years. Washington football team, plus 600. The Chicago Bears, plus 600. The 49ers, surprise. They got Garoppolo, but maybe they're ready to move on from him. He's had a lot of injury issues. Didn't play very well in the Super Bowl. They're plus 700. And then Belichick and the Patriots in the mix, too, here with the odds makers, plus 1,000. So what do you think of this prop bet? And also... More importantly, John, could you see a scenario where the Chicago Bears, and again, they'd probably have to do it, I would think, through a trade. I don't think the Lions are necessarily going to cut Matthew Stafford, but do you think there's any way that two teams in the same division would hook up on a deal or would Stafford have to be bought out here? Or is there any, any way the Bears end up with Matthew Stafford to start next season? Well, there's certainly a way. It, it would have to involve a, a new regime for the Lions, which they're already moved on from Matt Patricia early uh, weeks ago. And the Bears, uh, depending on how this game goes that we're going to talk about in a few minutes here against the Saints, they would have to make a move because I don't believe that the organization would allow Ryan Pace to make another move for a quarterback. Look at his track record. His free agent of choice was Mike Glennon. That didn't work out. His draft pick of choice was Mitch Trubisky. Jury's maybe still out on Mitch, but very much looking like he's not going to work out. And then his trade of choice, which seemed to be blessed by Matt Nagy, and that's why he's here, was Nick Foles. And that certainly didn't work out. So for all those reasons, no, I don't think the Bears make a move for Stafford. I think they'll find some way to get another quarterback into the mix if it's through a trade or uh, maybe a low-end draft pick next year or something like that. Something's got to give, but I think first and foremost, there would be a new GM doing that because I think Ryan Pace has overstayed his welcome in terms of being a quarterback picker for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I don't see this happening. I think too many variables will have to fall into place. For one thing, I don't see the Lions trading Stafford to the Bears. If they're going to trade him, I think they probably trade him out of the conference, which would most likely be Indianapolis or a team like New England or somebody where they wouldn't have to see him anything other than every fourth year unless a team like maybe Washington had a huge offer on the table. But I don't see an uh, in, in interdivisional trade happening here between these two teams. And I don't necessarily see the Lions cutting Stafford. I mean, you look at the quarterback position of the NFL, it's so hard to find a good one. I think Stafford's slightly above average, at least. My best guess is the next coach of the Detroit Lions, the next GM, they try and build better around Matthew Stafford. So this is a nice thought for Bears fans, I guess, when you compare Stafford to Mitchell Trubisky. But I, I just don't see it happening. And unfortunately for Bears fans, I think there's a pretty decent chance Trubisky comes back next season with that entire Bears brain trust in place. But one can dream. Uh, there's no doubt about that when you look at an established quarterback by uh, like Matthew Stafford that maybe somehow, some way, he is in a Bears uniform coming up next season. Now here on State Lines, it's that time of the show you've been waiting for. We're going to give our pick in the Bears playoff game against the New Orleans Saints. And this is one, John, obviously we've kind of hinted at this throughout the entire show. Uh, not many people giving the Bears a, much of a chance in this game. 
Uh, this is going to kick off this contest at 3.40 Central Time. New Orleans is a 10-point favorite. The total is 47.5. Uh, the Saints are minus 480 on the money line. The Bears come back with a plus 380 return. So if you think the Bears are going to win outright, put that hundo down, win an additional 380. I don't see it happening. But, hey, both teams are in the playoffs. We've seen upsets in playoff football before. What do you think happens in this game? Well, I thought about it long and hard, and like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this would have been so different to me if the Bears would have showed me something on Sunday against the Packers that they can hang with top-level competition, which is exactly what the Green Bay Packers are and were on Sunday. As much as I want the Bears to find a way to beat the Saints, and as much as that thought that this game went to overtime between these two teams, now admittedly they looked much different when they played uh, a couple months ago uh, compared to now. I think Nick Foles was in that game. Uh, the Bears' defense was a little bit more put together at that point. Uh, it, it just doesn't compute in my brain any way that the Bears win this game. Now, the cover question is is much different. I, I do think that there's a scenario where the Saints could win by a touchdown or less. I mean, it, it that's just kind of how the Bears have played this season. Close games, uh, except the games against the Packers, which really got out of hand. Most times, the, the Bears are within a, a score or two around halftime, kind of falling off in the second half and usually lose by a score uh, or less. So in, in that, that situation, the Bears might be an attractive uh, pick as an underdog on the money line or on the points. But all in all, I, I really don't see a way that the Bears win this game. The Saints are overmatching them on both sides of the ball. Sounds like they're going to have Alan Kamara. Sounds like they're going to have Michael Thomas. It just sounds like everything is going right for the Saints for this game and going wrong for the Bears. I mean, without Roquan Smith or Jalen Johnson on the defensive side of the ball, it's just going to be a long day for that unit. And uh, then it comes down to can Mitch Trubisky in the offense score enough points uh, to keep up with the Saints and I don't think they can so for that reason I think I'm going to pick the Saints I know it's a ton of points minus nine and a half minus ten whatever it's going to come out to be it feels like a lot because it is but the Saints at home you mentioned at the beginning of the show Jay said they got kind of caught flat-footed last year by the Vikings in the first round don't think that they're going to let that happen twice in a row I totally believe that the Bears are just in this game because of the way that they expanded the playoffs and because of some things falling in place for them. They're not necessarily a playoff team. This is week 18 of the regular season for the Bears, as far as I'm concerned, and it's week one of the playoffs for the Saints. Two completely different arrival points for these teams. Give me the Saints. It's a lot of points. I'm, I'm sorry, Bears fans. I wish I could think differently, but from a gambling perspective, I think I have to go with the boys from New Orleans on this one and end this wild 2020 season for the Chicago Bears. Well said, John, on your analysis on this game. And I look at this one, too, and I'm going to take the Saints minus the 10 for a number of reasons. First off, I have no faith in Matt Nagy and the offensive coaching staff to build a good game plan. If they showed me anything during the regular season that they could think outside the box a little bit and say, hey, against New Orleans, if we play Trubisky through his strength, move him around in the pocket, use his legs, which he's actually really good at doing, that's when Mitchell Trubisky plays his best football, it seems, is when he is running the football or rolling around in the pocket and trying to make some plays and, and also run David Montgomery, mix him in with that. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to drop back Mitchell Trubisky. So I think that when I look at this Bears team, 
I don't have faith in the offensive coaching staff. I don't have much faith in the offense because the game plan isn't very good. And let's face it, Trubisky makes a lot of decisions that'll make you scratch your head. I don't believe that the offense is up to the challenge. New Orleans, you mentioned their weapons they have. This likely is Drew Brees' last run in the postseason. The report came out prior to the Week 17 games that Brees is looking at a broadcasting job with NBC after this season. You know, he's north of 40 years old now. Uh, The Saints would love to win one more for him and put that on his resume. They're at home. I understand. No fans in the stands. But still, the game is down in New Orleans. The revenge factor here. And the Bears defense, like you said, Jalen Johnson banged up. Roquan Smith banged up. Their status right now, not known. But those guys are not expected to play. And the Bears defense has had some struggles this season. You look at what they did against Aaron Rodgers both times. Not so good. These teams did play during the regular season. The Saints needed overtime to beat the Bears. But I think these two teams are different from that point. I had more faith in the Bears back then. Although, again, Nick Foles wasn't very good at quarterback for the Bears, but I still had more faith in the Bears overall as a team, especially they were much healthier defensively at that point. More faith in them back then than I do right now. And I think New Orleans right now is peaking at the right time. So I look at this game, and I, I just don't see the Bears winning it. I wouldn't touch it on the money line either way. No way I'm laying minus 480 to bet on New Orleans to win outright. Uh, the total's intriguing. I would lean towards the over in that game because I think the Saints are going to score some points, and the Bears probably do too in garbage time. But I think the best play here in this one is the New Orleans Saints minus the 10 points. Take the Saints minus the 10 points against the Bears. Hope I'm wrong because every week there's playoff football. That's a good week for fans in the state of Illinois involving the Chicago Bears because you love to see your team in the postseason. Would love to see the Bears advance. Just not buying that it's going to happen, but I do think the Bears did enough here getting into the playoffs. Matt Nagy will be back next year. Not so sure yet on Ryan Pace, but I lean that he would come back as well. So you look at it two ways. Bears are in the postseason, or you can say that, that that's a good thing and let, 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 let's roll. Or you can say, hey, why did the Bears make the playoffs? Because now we're stuck with Nagy and probably Pace and maybe even Trubisky for another season. I'll let you interpret how you actually want to look at the Bears' outlook look to start 2021. Again, for John Spataro, my name is Jason Gotch. We hope you enjoyed our program. Uh, for week one of the NFL playoffs, Wild Card Weekend, this one in the books. We will talk to you next week as we look at the divisional round playoff games. There will be plenty of them coming up next week in the National Football League. We'll have you full coverage from the gambler's perspective, as we always do here on State Lines. Enjoy the winners, and we'll talk to you next week, everybody. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.